So yesterday we were talking about the issue about lost lost baggage, lost luggage at Auckland Airport and the disruptions around travel and especially the disruptions around travel at this time. Of course, it's a very busy time. I think tomorrow is going to be the busiest day at most airports around the country and things. And I, 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 I did say yesterday, and I think I'm probably one of the last people in the country supporting Air New Zealand um, I, I put my reputation online. I put I, I I put I went out on a limb yesterday, and I just said, "Look, you know, you've got an industry which is dealing with so much disruption. Disruption. They're trying to build themselves back up. We've just got to accept the fact. We've just got to, you know, be reasonable about this and accept that travel is going to be quite disrupted for maybe another six months or so. And this is just this is just the nature of travel at the moment. And you kind of have to accept this if you decide to fly. And then what do you know? What do you know? Mid morning this morning, I see this I see this headline come out saying um, traveling long haul on Air New Zealand next year. Your flight may have just been rescheduled, and apparently about nineteen hundred flights across an eight month period have just been <laughs> rescheduled. And I'm like, I'm really trying here in New Zealand to be on your side to get behind you. But you know what? I thought let's talk to an expert, somebody who can actually explain to us why this happens. And actually, this may have always happened in the past. We just can't quite remember it. So Irene King is kindly joining me now, independent aviation commentator. Thank you so much, Irene. Good afternoon. So how does this happen that an airline already know that they can't deliver me a flight in eight months' time that was sort of previously fine? What's what's happening to delay these flights so far out? Well, what airlines do is they... They schedule in blocks of six months. They call it winter and summer months. Yep. And then they, they schedule that block six months in advance of that. So essentially what they're doing is covering a 12-month period. Okay. Now, most of the time that's pretty stable unless they are adding new destinations, new services, or, for example, they remove London. So... Pretty much what you see today is what we saw 10 years ago. It's just more capacity and more volume going to the same destinations. But what the, what's happened at the moment, of course, is that they haven't got the capacity that they expected to have. Okay. So they haven't been able to bring the aircraft back quick enough, and um, they haven't been able to bring the crews to crew the aircraft back quick enough. And so you've got a lot more instability which will work its way through as those crews get trained and as the aircraft come available. But it's, it's not a quick process. You know, it's, I've been saying for some time, 2024, I think, is when we might see some stability both in pricing and in the performance and capabilities of, the, of all carriers. It's not just Air New Zealand, it's all carriers are having the same problem. Yeah, I was going to ask you this question. Is this just Air New Zealand or will it be happening across the board around the world? Um, pretty much it's happening around the globe. The only place that sort of seems to be a bit atypical is Europe, and that's because there's quite a significant downturn in travel um, in Europe at the moment. You know, it's down about 19%, which is unusual. Most countries are building up capacity and capability at the moment. About 90% of the changes, Irene, were just, you know, these, these flights were only retimed within 60 minutes or maybe there was a change to the aircraft type. So that's mm. not mm. that's not that's not actually a long delay. It could of course have implications if you're trying to make a connection. What how do they know this far out 
that it's just an hour delay? Is, 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 does it still come back to maybe making those changes um, to locations and changes to the amount of flights? Yeah, but I mean, broadly, schedules are pretty stable. Like they say that they're going to go at 9 o'clock to Wellington, they go at 9 o'clock to Wellington. So they, there is a high level of stability. Mm. And that's because that, that's what passengers want. They don't want to have flights being shifted by an hour here and half an hour there. And that's because there's a lot of downstream connections for flights. So it's just... You know, we're trying to get back to the to norm, and and that is it, it's proving extraordinarily challenging. You know, we're coming off the biggest dip in the history of global aviation, and it, and it's just proving really, really challenging to ramp that back up. Mm. And that's because any everyone in the industry has no experience of how to do this. Right. You know, we're feeling our way along. And I mean, I have to say, I'm really impressed by the amount of recovery and stability that that is sitting there at the moment. But it's not it's not anywhere near what we saw pre-COVID. Irene, do you think? Yeah, yeah do you think some airlines are doing it better than others? Um, no. Look, I think everyone's struggling with the same problems. It comes back to how quickly you can. Um, ramp aircraft operations up. Mm. I guess if I if I had to say anyone, Qatar, because Qatar did not fundamentally change anything. They just kept on operating. You know, they're a long haul carrier um, and they just kept operating. But virtually every other airline around the globe is coming off a very low base of operation and having to ramp up very quickly. And obviously, safety is to the forefront of their thinking and how mm. they do that. And um, getting the aircraft back in tip-top shape is is incredibly important after being parked up for a couple of years. And then getting the crews trained and competent Irene, to I, operate. Irene, I imagine a lot of people they're paying they're paying some quite um, significant sums at the moment yep. uh, to travel, especially internationally and things. And I think they're probably yep. thinking to themselves, "Look, I've 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 paid my money. I kind of expect this airline to stick to its commitment to get me to a certain place at a certain time." Well, I think they had an unrealistic expectation. I mean, the disruptions have been going on now um, essentially since the border opened um, with Australia. I mean, Australia when we we, we recommenced operations with Australia. We got a real good hint of what was what was looking like downstream. Now, so uh, you know, don't ever believe that that this industry is at pre-COVID um, levels of capacity, right? Okay. Or capability. Don't yeah. ever think that, and it won't be for another twelve months. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I was gonna be patient for six months, Irene. I was gonna give them six months. I thought that was reasonable, <laughs> but I'm gonna have to stretch it up to twenty-four. Hey, look, just how how much can if I had a flight, how much could that flight be messed around before I'm entitled to a refund? Like, actually, if it really does start to impact your holiday by a day or two here and there. Okay, so firstly, it depends on where you book. If if you book. In New Zealand, then the carriers are entitled to reschedule yep. and um, essentially keep your money except in a hardship scenario. So you'd have to go to the airline. If you book in the United States, you would get a refund 
um, immediately. Okay. That's the different legislative jurisdictions and operations. Europe, if you book the immediate refund, plus some compensation for delays and disruption. New Zealand consumer protection legislation is very different. Um, people ask me, is it better or worse? What I can say is it's different. And what, what you have to take into account is, yes, the airlines may have, have your money, but they also use that money to um, moderate their pricing. Mm. In other words, you know, they've got cash in the bank and they can use that, albeit your money. <laughs> um, they can use that to, to moderate their pricing. Now, people would say, ha oh, oh, they're not doing that at the moment. Um, but that's a function of um, too much demand chasing too little capacity. It's just a classic. Yep. It's just strawberries before Christmas. <laughs> oh gosh, you've just uh, reminded me. I need to get on to that today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that it's that problem at the moment. When they get the capacity right, and what I'm saying is, I think that the capacity mm. will start to correct throughout um, 23 and 24. You know, I would think we'll start to see much more like pre-COVID type behaviours.